Hi right, guys, welcome back to part two of the episode and joining us is one half of the Demos Cricket Club coach, Lucas Light. How are you, Lighty? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. And um, obviously, um, being the coach in cricket, you've been in cricket for a while. How'd you first get into cricket? Uh, I was, as a young kid, I had plenty of energy to burn. I probably still got that, to be honest, if uh, you ask people that know me. Um, so I was always footy season was footy all year and then straight into cricket and I, I was playing back to back to back right till I was probably 22, 23 years old. Um, never had a break from either sport. So from about that sort of nine or 10 age, I was straight into anything ball related and I was just loving it. Did you prefer one over the other or do you love both really? Oh, I think... I think I thought I liked footy, um, but as I got older, I realised that, like, I don't know, I was getting a bit more of a breakthrough with cricket and uh, I was probably better. I didn't have the body type I felt they were looking for in footy at my age. Like, uh, I felt like when I was growing up, Stingrays were looking for the big, tall, strong kids and I was always sort of scrawny and short and I just got looked past. It didn't matter how well I did or anything like that. So I I just thought that if I was going anywhere, it was going to be cricket, I think. So, and then I just committed to that. Yeah. When did you um, first realize you, um, or people really start realizing you might have some talent with cricket? Well, that's the thing. I, I think people, I felt like people realized before I did, but I don't know if that's just like, I think everybody has their doubts and their ability and things like that as you're growing up and, it wasn't until I was, when I was 14, I got asked by the, when I was playing cricket at Cranny, can I play, can I fill in for seniors? It was only E-grade or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm too young for that. Like, I can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second game, I made 100. Yeah. 14, opening the batting for E-grade. And that was sort of when I was like, okay, maybe I'm, like, I've got a, something to work on here. And then I just. I don't know, it sort of evolved, evolved. And then as you get to sort of premier cricket, you sort of go, you see the people you're playing with and stuff and go, geez, I, maybe I'm okay at this. So, yeah. Um, other than um, that one, was there any other like early innings or with the bat that um, you remember fondly on? The one I remember, there was a, an innings in Turf 3 at Cranbourne. So what are we talking? I would have been maybe 16 or 17 or something like that. Um, still sort of developing, but I was getting a good go at the club. There was always like a little opening for me all the time. Like we, they didn't have many keepers. They didn't have whatever. And I, I might've batted five or six or something like that. And I came on and all the, the older blokes that have been around the club and, and like sort of you're looking up to and stuff like that were going out around me and stuff like that. And then I made about 85 odd, not out. And I was batting with, uh, another guy, Jason Tone, and he was he was batting maybe 10, and he made a, a 50 or 60, and sort of together, we were nowhere near, and we managed to claw the team over the line, and as like a sort of 16, 17-year-old and stuff like that, that was the first time I sort of was like, all right, maybe I'm not a kid anymore, and maybe sort of, I've got to start playing adult cricket, and that's when I sort of, I think I started to grow up, and feel like I could sort of get things done, I think. Yep, so when, um, Obviously, we're coming through the system and all that. How did um? When did you first start playing like interleague, and how did you find the system and the pathways? 
So I never got into pioneers or anything like that. I was probably, I don't know, I didn't know enough people uh, and things like that. So I never got into that. But Hatch uh, and the DDCA representative stuff and stuff when I was younger, I was always getting picked in them and fairly easy. Might the keeper batsman? Or- yeah, yeah, definitely the keeper batsman. And I think one thing that helped my career, because there's, there's a lot of luck in cricket. Like it's not like footy where they're taking sort of 24 guys into a game and things like that. Like I just got lucky. I feel like my career was what it was because just as I was growing up, it's like every level above where I was needed a wicket keeper at that time. Uh, and, and so I've sort of played through the pathways, but I actually got good results and stuff through them. Uh, and that's sort of how my premier career started. I always thought like, Oh, maybe I'd go to premier, but I didn't know how to do it. And I actually played a under 21s, 2020 for uh, DDCA versus Dandenong's Premier First Eleven. It was like an exhibition 2020 game. Yep. I would have been 17. Uh, a wicket kept for that. Kept well, batted well. Didn't make a huge score, but batted well. And uh, that got that game got me a call from Warren Ayres, who was coaching Dandenong at that time, the year, the next year, mm-hmm. to say. Uh, they're after a keeper in the second 11, like would I love to come down? And as like a sort of a, a 17 year old kid, you're sort of like, oh, if you hear these kids going, oh, should I go to Premier? Should I not? And I had a, a Premier club ringing me saying, can you come down sort of thing. And uh, Was that hard yeah, was, to make that decision? Was it hard? Or? Uh, it, it was. There's a lot of decisions. Like, because so, like a lot of around that age, so you get into that age where, uh, you're going into year 11, year 12, school's getting serious. Uh, you're doing that. Like I, For me, at first, straight off the bat, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, like, oh, Warren Ayers is ringing me. Like, that was when Darren Pattinson was playing there and, and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, these guys are there. Like, how good's that going down there and playing with sort of them? Uh, and so I, jump, I jumped straight at it. And it wasn't until sort of as you're doing it, you realize, like, geez, I'm juggling school you've just got your license and you're driving to Geelong to play games of cricket and stuff. And uh, the challenges of that sort of come out, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like the experiences you have there are amazing. Yeah. And then I also saw um, you play, was it an under 18 competition representing Victoria? Was it? Yeah. So we got lucky. So it was actually a, uh, not a stitch up by cricket Victoria, but there was a competition where my side my, so I captained an under-17 side, Cranbourne side. There was like a round-robin tournament of 2020s against other leagues and things like that. And if the winner of that was going to get flown by Gatorade and Cricket Victoria to Canberra to represent Victoria, the rule that we were told was it had to be a complete side. It couldn't be made up of people. It had to be a junior, like a full side. We got there, flew over there. Uh, Queensland's team so you're playing on Marnica Oval and things like that it was an awesome experience all like holiday like uh, accommodation paid for everything we rock up and you're with all your mates that you're playing like under 17's cricket with we rocked up Queensland had picked a representative squad uh, someone else had picked like a representative squad so we've got our squad of 11 local cricketers who were good like uh, Nathan Lambden was in that there's a couple of other guys that have done well like so that we, we were we were a decent side uh, playing against like full-blown under-18 representative squads. And that was some of the first times I had guys bowling what felt like 135, 140 Ks at me as a, a 16-year-old kid. And we got Polax, but the experience was, it was a really good experience going out there. So 
it was definitely, yeah, good to be a part of that. Yeah, and so when you moved into Premier Cricket, what would you say was the big difference or eye-opener that really shot at you first? So there's a lot of... The, the, the two noticeable things I noticed with Premier Cricket is, yes, there's a good team mentality and stuff like that there. Like, obviously, you're sort of in a club. But in the end, I think in Premier Cricket, everyone there is sort of there individually. Like they've all gone there because they've they feel like they're sort of trying to start their career. They've yeah they've improved on that whatever so they're on that so you have that team mentality and but you do notice that there that the the bonds you make with people like maybe aren't as tight as your local friends and your things like that. Um, but the professionalism part of it like there's no there's no like organising and stuff like that by the coaches as far as like this group's doing this this group's doing this like there's a lot of initiative involved. Like it is like a, if you're a wicketkeeper batsman and you want to get picked like in the first 11 or the second 11, like if you're, it's not your turn to bat in the nets, you're doing throwdowns or you're out doing wicketkeeping and stuff like that. So, and we had structures in place at both clubs I played Premier Cricket at where wicketkeepers had to take, like there was rules of like a thousand catches a night. Like it didn't matter how you accumulated them. You had to do stuff like that. And the way that like uh, training was ran in that way, like there was no, yeah, like standing around watching or anything like that. Like it was, if you've got nothing to do, you get into gym where you go and you go and like hone your skills sort of thing. And, but everyone uh, really invested in that. So it was, it's a really good environment to be around and it's handy to take back to sort of local cricket and stuff like that and sort of try and bring sort of parts, aspects of that that you've learnt into the local level. So it's been good. It was, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, when I had Niven on last week, he said, of the training actual like system that Cranbourne had compared to when he was at Kingston was much different because Cranbourne was run pretty well. But the first thing he noticed was um, the fitness levels compared to Premier Cricket to local cricket. Would you agree on that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So the guys like local cricket in the end, at least 50% of the club are just there to have fun with their mates and everyone's there to have fun with their mates, but there's a lot of guys that are working full time and doing so on or young kids that have probably trained their juniors before it. So a lot of the fitness side just gets pushed sort of out the window in premier cricket. You are, you're still doing things like your beat tests, which um, yeah, like you're still sort of doing that. Maybe not as often as say a footy or so. Do you enjoy those type of stuff or is that not for you? Yeah. I love that. Like I, I, just like an energizer bunny. So back at that stage in that sort of uh, late teens, early twenties and stuff like that. I love that. Um, and I love the running. What were you running, were you running the beat test? Uh, I was pushing 12 to 13s through late high school into that. So um, there was sort of maybe two or three years there where I was, yeah, like up, up pretty high and stuff like that. So, but I, I loved it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Um, so, obviously, you started off at um, Dandenong, but then I noticed you made the move to Casey South Melbourne as well. How did this um, come come about? Um, again, uh, sort of like I'd say there's like a right place at the right time sort of thing. So, um, I got to – so, I was sort of getting to 19, 20 years old then. Uh, full-time work was sort of – coming in so the locality of Casey uh, seemed like a better decision for me uh, they were down a keeper 
Um, so, and I'd played uh, Premier One's games at that stage and stuff like that. So they once they knew that there were a chance to uh, possibly try and get me across, uh, the sort of communications sort of started a lot harder with that. Um, but they also have a little bit of a bond with Cranbourne as well. So, and I was still going back and forth to Cranbourne at that stage and seeing my friends and things like that. Um, so yeah, once I knew that was a, a go and I knew there was an opportunity there, um, yeah, it's, it was a pretty easy decision to make, I think in the end. Yeah. And obviously being, um, a batsman, you would, um, use a lot of bats. What are some of your favorite bats that you use when, um, along the years? Well, I've always, always loved, I had a couple of good icons early. I haven't had icon for a while. The best bat I ever got, I was actually lucky enough when I was playing at Dandenong, Alex Hales was, uh, the import there. And right at the end of his trip, he, uh, just had too much luggage and stuff like that. And he was sponsored by GM. And I was lucky enough to get a bat off him that was just uh, didn't fit in his luggage. And that bat was one of the greatest bats I've ever used. And still to this day is the best one I've used by an absolute mile. I've still got it with just incredible amounts of tape holding it together. But I know I'm thinking about trying to refurbish it one day and stuff like that, but I just got it in a safe place at the moment. Um, but I can't go past the Grey Nicks at the moment. The Grey Nicks legends are as good as it gets, I think. So, how's, it, how's it compared to the is it the 49 mil years at the moment? Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, my other co-coach would kill me if I didn't mention the the 49 mil <laughs> night owl that I've got at the moment that uh, is his that I have just managed to slip into my bag and keep using every week. That is an absolute cracker. And I think it's just a guy from uh, Cardinia Cricket Club who's got a brand and that's as good a bat as you'll hear. Like, even like when you middle them and you hear almost like on the big bash that the gunshot sound when it comes out of the middle and stuff like that. That's it's an absolute cracker. Yep. So then obviously, um, how was it like going back to Cranbourne after playing in your premier cricket? Well, so that's, that's a decision I made. So I, I went to England between my two years at Casey, learned a lot there, played a lot of cricket, grew up a lot probably in that time. So when you go for six months with no one and you're out there sort of like you're forced to grow up. Um, and I think in my last year at Casey, that's why I sort of like, I knew I wasn't going to go any further. Like even when you're playing like premier ones, you're still so theoretically you should be in the best, say 20 wicket keepers. But uh, just, I, I was never going to go any further than that. I'd reached a position where I thought that like, all right, I might get into life and sort of like work on trying to get a, a nice car or a house or a this or a that and things like that, because I just felt like I'd sort of, yeah, plateaued in my cricket career. Um, and just going back to Cranbourne was as easy a decision as I probably could have made. Like that's where my friends were at the time. And uh, they'd, given me all the opportunity that led me to every other part of my career that I'd had through Premier and everything like that. Um, and they were still in turf two from being relegated back when I was there earlier. Um, and they were sort of chasing that, that turf two premiership to get back up into turf one. And yeah, it, it was a no brainer to go back there. And I went back there with them and I can't remember whether it was the first year back or the second year there, we won that turf two grand final and got up there and that's as as um 
as good a feeling as you'll have really like it it sort of paid off and then I was in a really good spot like yeah you're working you're working hard you sort of adult life's going on you're enjoying it with your friends and you're and you're kicking goals on the field as well so it was it was really good how did um because then obviously you went back to Cranbourne and became captain coach when did that come along uh so Cranbourne when I first I don't know it was the first year back at Cranbourne or after. We, they were man, lucky enough to sign Matt Chasemore and Stephen Spoljarek, two of the greatest world cheeks. They both had premier careers, but they are running around and just absolutely tearing up local cricket at the moment um, and have been for years and have the ability to just do it for the rest of their lives. Um, and they well, I played with them for the years, like a few years that I was there and stuff like that. And then they both, uh, change paths sort of at the same time and it left a very big hole like when you're taking people that are winning Wookiee medals and things like that and blokes that have just played Premier First and made hundreds of fun out of a local cricket side it's leaving a, a gaping hole and uh, at that time there was no one to fill it we had young kids coming through uh, and I was asked if I wanted the task of trying to help sort of help those kids and uh, sort of see where the club could go. And I was more than happy to, like, as you're growing up as a junior at Cranbourne and stuff like that, you sort of, you thought about one day, could I be coach or could I be captain or could I be this? And I was, it was an honor to have that role and stuff. Then um, it didn't probably go the way we liked on the field as far as results and things like that. But um, I'm grateful for the opportunity they gave me to do it. Uh, we probably just didn't have the cattle at, at that time and it made it hard, but it was still good to sort of live that childhood dream of going out and you sort of coaching and captain in the club that you started at when you were just a little kid. So, Yeah. What got you over to um, Devon Meadows in the end? So I, I'd reached a point where I thought like, cause I was really saving for the house and things like that. And I was, I was, my sort of business stuff was working okay and I was very close to uh just throwing in cricket for a year or two just to sort of concentrate on life and uh I had a footy training session and I think uh Sammy Hurtis and Kyle Salerno might have teed up a a little secret thing and I remember walking off the uh walking off the footy track after training and um I think uh the other guy that I'm co-coaching with at the moment punter and uh michael floyd and there might have been someone else were were waiting for me there uh as i came off so uh stitch i went up. in for a chat with them yeah one of the great stitch ups of all time absolutely knackered after i've ran on the trainer track all night and they've just blindsided me but um yeah and they just it was a it was a night it was a good chat like it was just a there was no pressure there was no anything they were more than happy and understood why i probably might have had some time off like i've been like I was saying earlier, back-to-back footy cricket for pretty much my whole life. Um, they'd understand that I may want that sort of time off. Um, I don't know. And then I just kept – so the other coach and myself do a very – we both do the same thing as a job. Um, and I just sort of kept bumping into him around the tracks and then I'd see him and even – so the coach at the time at Devon sort of that year – I actually was like, I'd had, a, I'd had a broken wrist from football and I was at the, the counter at Bunnings and I turned around and he was behind me. I was like, 
two o'clock on a Thursday. He was in the line behind me at Bunnings. Is that Clarky? Is that Clarky? No, that was uh, Joel Wiley. Oh, Joel, yep. Yeah, and he was he was uh, behind me in the line, and like he's like, "What are you doing on Saturday or Sunday?" And I'm like, "Oh, I've actually got an X-ray." And he's like, "Oh, well, what time's your X-ray?" And he's like, "I'm like, I told him ten o'clock." He goes, "Oh, perfect. We've got training at uh, Dandenong at twelve o'clock. You can come by after your X-ray." And all these sort of signs just kept happening. It just sort of like it was like, "Geez, maybe I'm meant to go there." Like I just, you know, I'm bumping into everyone, and everything's just falling into place. And so I went to a training or two, and the the blokes were amazing and they, I felt that I was going to get out of cricket what I wanted out of cricket there now. Like I'd, I'd been through the hard work of training. I'd, I'd done the hard yards. I'd reached sort of where I thought my peak was and now I just want to play for fun and I'd love to hand some knowledge to some younger kids and watch them develop and help them through those things I'd gone through. And I just felt like that's what I was going to get from that club. Like I was going to, enjoy on the field there's a great like great group of blokes there's nothing like everyone understood that like the the sort of cricket life balance and uh and to be honest my my first impression of that is absolutely spot on like i'm going on my third year now at the club and um it's i couldn't ask for more like great group of blokes all over like from from the olds all the way down to the young kids uh like they all just everyone's on the same page i enjoy every minute i spend down there and after a long hard slog of a cricket career i probably wouldn't want to be anywhere else really so it's a great place and obviously um cranburn play on turf and um we play on synthetic how'd you find that transition it's funny i in my when that was one of the thoughts of changing clubs was as a kid oh turf's turf's the ultimate and this and that um you come down there and I actually struggled on my first year on the Sinto. I'm not sure why. And I was actually told by the president at the time when I wasn't getting many runs, he said, it, it takes a year or two to get like, to get back to the synthetic. And for some reason, I still don't, I still will never understand why, but I could, that first year I couldn't get many runs and I'm, I'm onto it now. But I think like as far as standard of competition goes and stuff like that in the top grades of synthetic cricket, there's just as good blokes running around as there is in turf cricket. And I think that uh, especially once you, you're playing cricket just for the passion of the game and obviously you still want to play a good standard, I actually prefer synthetic. I, I hated covers. I hate putting covers down. Nothing's worse than a text message at bloody three o'clock on a Friday saying, come and put the covers down and it's pissing down rain and there's two people there and things like that. And and then on set day, having to rock up to the game an hour earlier than the warm-up time to take the covers off and stuff like that. Um, like, good riddance to that. And, yeah, synthetic, you pretty much know you're going to play and the standard's great. And uh, to be fair, I just, yeah, the stage of my life I'm at, I actually prefer synthetic. So what's the aim for the, um, the rest of, like, your career or your coaching career going into now with Dev Meadows? Uh I love coaching and when I coach, I'd love to put in a lot of time into it and a lot of structure. I think so far my coaching there has been a rough one because my two pre-seasons I've had a chance for uh, have both been COVID affected. So like I think in two pre-seasons, we've managed to squeeze in about maybe four indoor sessions. It could be more, but it feels like maybe four indoor sessions maximum. Uh, and then you're literally not seeing people till two weeks before 
were allowed to play round one. Um, and I, I feel like I haven't been able to sort of give it sort of everything I'd like to give it at the moment. Um, I definitely feel like I can offer more uh, and I'm keen to see where it goes. I'd like to just yeah, find a balance, like a work-life coaching balance and stuff like that. But I'm definitely at the moment want to be there for, for years to come trying to dish out every piece of knowledge I've got on sort of the young kids coming through. Cause there's definitely plenty there and there's definitely plenty that are more than happy to soak up any piece of help they can get. And I'd love to be there to, to help them with that. Well, thanks for your time, Lighty. And um, hopefully we can go all the way this year. Appreciate it, mate. I'd love to, I'd love to watch you win another flag winning <laughs> games. Just knocking blogs over for fun, mate. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me, mate. No worries. Thank you.